Blog Talk Radio. Hey, And you would never know it 
to look at her today. So a lot of those skinny people were not born that way. They either got that way through diet and exercise or they maintained their weight because they are actually kind of finicky about the, the way they eat. And I've always noticed that most of the skinny people that I know, if I go to lunch with them, they have different habits. I had a paralegal who was a runner in college, and she still runs, and she was also a long-distance skier and quite good at it, actually. She was she was on a couple of um, teams, and I think she might have gone, you know, amateur and maybe even pro at, at one point. But anyway, she and I went out to lunch one day, and we both ordered the same thing, citrus salmon, my favorite salmon dish in the whole wide world. Interestingly, so this dish came with the salmon itself, and then it came with white rice and vegetables. By the end of the lunch, I had eaten probably about half of everything, coincidentally, because I didn't sit out to do that. It just happened that way. But I noticed when I looked at her plate that she had eaten all of the salmon, all of the veggies, and she left all of the rice. Skinny people have skinny habits, and you will notice if you just hang out with them. And rather than doing what they do, don't eat what don't eat what they don't eat, and pay attention to what that is, and it will help you develop some good habits. Number four, this is kind of just a fun one: hang out with people who can't cook. As long as you don't turn to fast food, you're probably not going to be motivated to eat a whole lot after they cook for you. Number five. Volunteer to serve people who don't have enough. It will get you out of the house, it will get you active, and it will get you come to your blessings, and most of all, it may give you a whole lot of hours where you are not eating and you're not tempted to eat. You're not even thinking about food because you are engaged in something that is useful and uplifting and exciting and fun and who cares about food at that point. Number six, accept trade-offs. If you eat this slice of cake or pizza right now, what won't you eat today to make up for it? How many laps do you need to run to burn it off? When I was in law school, I was a waitress. That was my extra job. In fact, waitressing was probably next to, next to being a lawyer. Waitressing was my favorite job of all time. And I would have actually stuck with it if I thought I could make as much money as I could being a lawyer. But anyway, that's a show for another day. But here's the thing about waitressing. There were people of all shapes and sizes who uh, were the wait staff, right? And the chubby people, like me, would typically uh, trade with the skinny people their food. So most of the time when we served banquets, for example, it was a three-course meal. There was the salad, there was the main course, and then there was the dessert. So what would happen is that the skinny people would come and say, hey, I'll trade your salad for my dessert. And all of us chubby people would think, this is great. Give me your cake and you can certainly have my salad. So we would eat the two slices of cake and the entire meal and then Oh, my goodness, by then you're tired. And uh, off we'd go to bed feeling fat and happy. Meanwhile, the skinny people would eat the two salads, and if they splurged, they would eat one of the salads or even both of them with dressing, 
and then they would eat some of the food, and then they would commit to go running the next day because they ate so much. And, you know, all the chubby people were like, I don't get it. Look at you. You're so thin. Not realizing the reason they were so thin was because they had those habits and they maintained them. Tip number seven, take the stairs. This is a this is a difficult one, and it might be a challenge depending on where you are. I was once upon a time uh, working at a firm that was on the 46th floor of my building. I decided one day that I was going to just for yucks and just for the exercise walk downstairs. So I had I had my key card with me, and I proceeded to walk down 46 flights of stairs. Well, you can imagine how that went. Right around halfway through, I decide, whew, I am tired. This is for the birds. And I tried to go back in because you had this stairwell that you had to walk out into, and it was like on the side of the building. So I'm trying to get back into the floors when I realized that actually the way the building was designed for security purposes, my key card would only open the access door to my floor and to the first floor. And here I am halfway between the 46th floor and the first floor, so I had no choice but to go either back upstairs or all the way down, either way. So I went all the way down, and I get down there, and my legs felt like jelly. I mean, I was so exhausted, and my legs were literally trembling. But it was great exercise. Now I don't have the privilege of working in a in a in a building that's in a high rise, so I don't get to do that. But what I do is when I go to hotels, I try and build in time to take the stairs. And here's the tricky thing about hotels that I find today is that a lot of them do not presume that the stairs will be used for anything but emergencies, right? And so the stairs can be actually quite tricky. I remember trying to get from the 28th floor down to the first floor of a hotel, and there were times when I had to, I got to a landing and I could go no further, and so there were times when I, I had to learn that on a certain floor I had to get out of the stairwell, walk around to the other side of the building, and that's where I found the next set of stairs. It can get complicated, and it can be kind of a nuisance, but if you build in the time, then you still get the exercise. So consider taking the stairs and taking the long way. Don't park next at the, at the parking spot closest to wherever you're going. Don't take the elevator when you get to the gym. Walk, 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 and make it harder and make it longer for you to do those kinds of things. Tip number eight, walk, run, or bike to run your errands. And motorcycles don't count for those of you who also have motorcycles. Here's why. Because actually, if you do that, you will find that you will exercise in ways that you're not even conscious of. When I was in law school, I didn't have a car. And so I biked everywhere. I biked 10 miles to the mall, 20 miles to my job every day, one way. I biked everywhere I went, and I was in excellent shape. I had no cellulite on my legs, and I thought it was just, you know, my great genes. But as I discovered when I got a car, it was actually because of all the biking. So that's my recommendation because actually what you will find is that when you are 
doing something like that, when you get on a bike for the purpose of going somewhere, to the bookstore, to the grocery store, to some place, you stop thinking about it as exercise. It's just a means to an end. And so then you're not thinking, well, gee, you know, look at all the exercise I have to get today. You're just thinking, well, I got to the bookstore. It's five miles down the road, and I need to get home. So I'm going to get back on my bike, and I'm going to ride. That is a really good way to get around, and it's a really good way to get good exercise. So leave the car at home. Tip number nine. Adapt a pet project over the holidays to give you something constructive to do that doesn't involve eating and that does provide you fulfillment. So I'm not going to go into detail with this one because this is kind of like the one where we talked about volunteering and finding something constructive to do. Tip number 10, stop wandering around your office trolling for food. That's a big one for me. If you encounter it, don't mindlessly pick it up and just eat it. That's what I used to do. Every time I walked past some food, there was not a cookie, a cupcake, a um, cup of trail mix that was not attractive to me. There was not a single one. All of it looked attractive. All of it looked delicious. All of it looked like it was worth tasting. Even the stuff I didn't really like, like brownies. I generally don't like brownies. But, hey, you give me some free brownies, and I'm going to at least try and make sure that I still don't like them. So this is what I had to stop doing. I had to stop just automatically picking up stuff just because it was there. And especially at Christmas time, there's all kinds of stuff that's just there looking at you, calling your name. And there were times when I might have to stand there and stare at some cupcakes for, you know, a good minute or a good five minutes just to convince myself I really didn't want one. And, you know, I didn't fall over dead when I walked past them and didn't take one. And so then I learned that actually it's quite possible. There you have it. That takes us to tip number 11. Bring your own lunch and snacks every day and plan what you will eat. If you plan to eat a banana during the afternoon sugar craving, it's going to prevent you from going to the vending machine for cookies. So plan your meals. Plan your meals. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to eat what's there. So I find that in the morning if I plan my meals and I'm, I decide that I'm just going to have, you know, beans for lunch, beans and something green, at lunchtime, if that's all there is, that's exactly what I'm going to eat. And I enjoy it pretty well, and it's okay. So planning the meals definitely makes a big difference when you're trying to lose weight. Tip number 12, commit to yourself that you won't drink any pop or drink with sugar or a drink with sugar in it until you have had a certain number of cups of water. There was a time when people thought that you had to drink eight glasses of water a day or 64 ounces. More recently, there have been doctors and studies that have demonstrated that actually that's not really necessary. You don't have to do that. But what you can do for your weight loss is commit to yourself that you're going to have, you know, maybe four glasses of water before you resort to pop. The goal is not to have any soda at all because it's just empty calories and it's going to contribute nothing to you and it's more calories and there's calories that you don't need. But if you feel like you are addicted to your 
pop for whatever reason, whether it's the caffeine or the sugar or both, then at least commit to drinking a lot of water before you have it because you'll probably want it less. And the water is going to be better for you anyway. Tip number 13. Don't snack between meals unless you're really hungry. And frankly, if you get really hungry, it suggests that maybe you haven't been eating correctly when it is mealtime. So what you ought to be asking yourself if you're eating in between meals, ask yourself if you're really hungry or are you eating for some other reason. If it's for some other reason, I'm bored, I'm trying to stay awake, I feel like I should reward myself, I have an emotional need that I'm trying to feed, I'm depressed, I'm scared, I'm whatever, then be conscious and willful about finding a different outlet for that emotion. Tip number 15. If you're snacking because you are hungry, then maybe you're not eating healthy enough meals during regular meal times. Turn up the veggies, turn up the fish, turn up the chicken. Try and have more meals that are smaller throughout the day. So four small portions is better than, say, two really big ones. Number 16. If your kids are like my kids, you may find that they eat a ton of food, but they're not overweight. Notice what they do during the week, because I noticed that my 8- and 11-year-olds could eat more pizza than I could in a sitting. They eat macaroni and cheese, rice and spaghetti, and all the things that I generally tend to avoid, and yet they're both actually quite thin. I realized it's because of how much they work out. So, Olivia, my 10-year-old has about does about six hours of soccer practice a week. That's excluding the games. Both my girls had two hours of karate a week until recently, and both of them swim. So they would spend about 30 to 45 minutes weekly in the swimming pool. And my 8-year-old plays golf, and that's excluding the time that you know both of them spend chasing their friends around the school and generally burning up calories in the way that you know kids do. If I did all of that, I too could eat everything every day. So if you're at a loss for how to change some of your habits, take a cue from your kids. There are other weird things that impact your weight, and some of these may sound familiar. Some of them may not. Number 17, get enough sleep. I would have said once upon a time the reason you want to get enough sleep is because you may find yourself eating just to stay awake during the day. But what I found when I was researching for this show is that actually there are these two hormones that are key in this process, and those hormones are ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin is a go hormone that tells you when to eat, and when you are sleep-deprived, you have more of it in your system. Leptin is the hormone that tells you to stop eating, and when you are sleep-deprived, guess what? You have less of it in your system, which is why, like a sleep can lead to or contribute to weight gain. Your metabolism also does not work well when you are sleep-deprived. You're eating more and your metabolism is slower. This is why you're going to gain some weight if you're not getting enough sleep. Eating a good breakfast is a good way to make sure your system functions correctly and efficiently. 
Some people skip breakfast in an effort to lose weight, but actually you're more likely to gain weight that way. Skipping breakfast is not only strongly linked to obesity, but studies show that overweight and obese children, adolescents, and adults are less likely to break that fast in the morning compared to their thinner counterparts. According to research, skipping meals, especially breakfast, can actually make weight control pretty difficult. Because, partly, you tend to eat more food than usual at the next meal, or you find yourself nibbling on high-calorie snacks to stave off your hunger. There are several studies that have been done that also suggest that people tend to accumulate more body fat when they eat fewer, larger meals compared to when they eat the same number of calories in smaller, more frequent meals. So there you have it. It takes us to tip number 19, which is eat three to four meals a day, higher frequency, smaller portions for just that reason. Tip number 20. I originally was going to say don't drink caffeine, but it turns out that caffeine is not that bad for you when it comes to your ability to lose weight. So what I will tell you instead is while caffeine doesn't stop you from losing weight, it can take up to seven hours to go through your system. Therefore, it may hinder your ability to sleep, which will, as we just learned, negatively affect your weight. There is a book that I posted for you on com or com, and it's called I Can Make You Thin, which I think is just an audacious title, but interesting. Anyway, so go go visit the site and you will find the book and other resources that you can use for this topic. Tip number 21, don't drink alcohol. There was an NPR report that said, National Public Radio, NPR, that said women who drank moderately within a certain age group, I think the cohort was 39-year-olds, actually lost weight compared to women who didn't. Well, that sounded interesting, but before you reach that bottle, there was another study that said when you drink alcohol, it is broken down into acetate, which is basically vinegar, including um, and, and... your body will tend to burn acetate before any other calories you've consumed. What that means is that if you drink alcohol and then you eat cake and you eat, you know, whatever you eat, cheese Whiz, crackers, and you're generating a lot of fat and sugar in your system, your body is not going to pay attention to that stuff because it's going to be working on the acetate. And what happens to all that food then? Well, it just gets stored for energy later. And the impact on you is you find yourself gaining weight. On top of that, studies show that alcohol temporarily inhibits lipid oxidation. In other words, when alcohol is in your system, it is harder for your body to burn the fat that is already there. Tip number 21, if you must. Don't drink alcohol at night. According to the Mayo Clinic, and I think there's been a ton of studies done on this topic, but according to the Mayo Clinic, alcohol is a sedative, and while it may help you fall asleep, though, it prevents the deeper stages of sleep and often causes you to awaken in the middle of the night. Good reason not to drink at night. Tip number 23, use 
spices and not salt. Salt and sodium, as it turns out, are actually not the same. I was actually surprised to see that when I did this research. Sodium, which is found naturally in most foods, accounts for about 40% of the content of table salt. Your body relies on electrolytes and most, most significantly sodium and potassium to carry the electrical impulses that control your body function. In order for our bodies to function properly, it's important that they have the right concentration of electrolytes. So if you eat a lot of salt and you've got a high concentration of electrolytes, what happens? Well, first of all, your body makes you feel thirsty. That's why when you go to bars, you notice they give you free peanuts because they're trying to get you thirsty so that you can drink more. But anyway, that aside, your body gets thirsty, you go off in front in search of more water. When your body is adequately hydrated, your kidneys can keep the concentration of electrolytes in your blood constant by increasing or decreasing the amount of water you retain. That's why sometimes you feel like you're retaining a lot of water, sometimes you're not. It can be quite well associated with your salt intake. So pay attention to that and see if Spices work for you as well as they actually worked for me. They worked pretty well. And I was able to suddenly start eating a lot of food without salt. Tip number 24, love your friends. Instead of eating, call your friends and just say hi and you love them. Go spend time with them. You will be uplifted, encouraged, and all sorts of lovely feelings that you'll experience when you extend love to others and receive it back. You're not going to need to eat to feel good about yourself at that point. The other thing I'll tell you, this takes me to tip number 25. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. I get up in the morning, and 4 o'clock in the morning is when I do my workout. Because, well... That's the time that I have. And one of the things that gets me going up in the morning is music. I will find the music that really moves me, and I will use that to motivate myself. I get to the gym, I get on that elliptical machine, I turn this on, and I listen to some song that has a nice, steady beat that I like, that I can talk to, and I am off to the races, man, for the next 30, 40 minutes, I am good to go. And loving it, absolutely enjoying it. That is what helps. And at the end of the day, if music is your thing, you may find that music is not your thing. And if it's not, then you find what moves you instead. For me, it's always got to be about the music. If that's what gets you up in the morning or if that's what gets you going at the end of the day whenever you decide this is when I'm going to go to the gym, use it, use it, use it. The other thing I want you to decide is not tomorrow, but today. Decide to do it today. There is a commercial, I alluded to this at the beginning of the show, where you see this, um, there's this commercial that they have been showing in the United States. Personally, I love it because it makes me laugh, but it's a commercial about all these chubby people who are procrastinating. 
and they're talking about all the things they'll do tomorrow. I am not a singer, so forgive me. I don't usually sing on the show, but it's just such a cute commercial. It's in um, they they use the song tomorrow, which I think was from the movie Annie, long time ago. But you've got this guy, this chubby fella, and he says, "I'll start my diet tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar." tomorrow and on and on so the song is all about how i'm going to do this tomorrow i'm going to do that tomorrow and today though they're still eating the pizza they're still sitting on the couch and they're still doing all of those nasty habits that probably got them in this situation in the first place decide today that you're going to start acting thinner today don't wait until Tomorrow Tomorrow is not promised, and in fairness, you know, if it's not promised, it might not matter. But as long as you are on this earth, seek to be in better health. And this brings us to the end of our show. Think about your weight. Think about how you can change your behavior. Think about how you can, in fact, affect your thinking by simply acting your way to the success that you want. Thank you so much for joining me on the Speedway Show today. Until next week, go in peace and act thinner. Thank you for joining us on the Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.